This is the No Excuses Coaching Podcast with Ryan Montes and Alana Banks, where we discuss the mindset, the attitude, and the strategies of elite coaching. So Ryan, do you want to know something so crazy? Of course, I want to know something crazy. When I did my NLP training with you, which was like two years ago, actually two years ago this month. Ooh, well, well. I had kind of created an intention for myself that I didn't want to drink a lot of alcohol. And because it was New Year, right? It was like a new year. And I was like, it's not healthy for me. I really should probably not drink as much alcohol as I've been drinking. I certainly had it under control, but it was for me more of like a health thing. And um, I had kind of set that intention in my mind before starting my NLP training. But on the very first day of my training, you said three really powerful words that made me quit drinking for six months. Yeah. I remember this. I remember this happening. And I remember you telling me about that later. And um, did you know that there were two other people in that group that had the same experience? No, I didn't. Yeah, there was six people in that. I believe there were six people in the yeah in the group. Yeah. And I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to explain for the listeners. And I guess what you didn't know is that two other people, so three out of the six, a full 50%, had the same or a very similar experience to what you're about to describe. So please continue. So I had decided to take the course really, really seriously. And um, my family, like my husband and both kids went to Collingwood for the week. And I was in our house by myself because I wanted to just focus all of my energy on doing this course. So I stocked up, like I got beverages that I like, and I had like all kinds of great food and I thought, oh, this is going to be like a nice week for me where I'm going to, you know, do whatever I want and take this training. But then on the very first day of our training, you said alcohol is poison. (laughs) Like literally that morning, I think on the Monday morning. And I didn't touch a drop of anything that I had bought that whole week and continued to not drink any alcohol for six more months after that. Yeah. Yeah. And now I remember a little more about that. The reason I said that is not because I'm like an abstinence absolutist by any means. And I still now drink alcohol occasionally. But at that time, I was doing like a one month dry challenge or I had decided to like stop consuming any alcohol for a while or something. There was something going on in my life where I was like, and I was just talking about it. Yeah. And I didn't mean to say, you know, alcohol is poison in like a, you know, like preachy sort of way, just in the fact that literally from a chemical standpoint, alcohol is toxic uh, to human beings. That's all I was. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, That's what the context was basically. Yeah. And that's how I remember interpreting it too. Like it definitely wasn't from a preachy place. It was very just matter of fact, like you're saying that it's poison. Um, And you also mentioned a book too called The Naked Mind. Yes. Yes. Which famously I still have not yet read. 
I know the premise of the book. I recommend it to people. I have not got around to reading it myself. Yeah. So yes. I ordered it that day. Yeah. That first day. And, and so I read that book like during the NLP training. Yeah. That I was on. Anyway, that's kind of like a side point. But um, anyway, so I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about this today. And, it, you know, we can elaborate on it. Obviously, we're not going to talk about those three words necessarily. But like, why do you think that had such a powerful impact on me and two other people from the course? Yes. You know, maybe we can explore that a little bit. And and this is something that the listeners can take into their coaching practices, too, as a way to create change or create almost plant ideas into their their clients' heads in a very positive and empowering way. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's a good topic. It's a good little anecdote to dive into because there's some really powerful lessons in there. I know why that happened. And three three of the six people who were uh, in the group um, had a similar experience. And it's, it's an important understanding to have for somebody who wants to influence others in a positive way. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, and I mean, and the other thing is just think about it, listeners, for a second. Like, even people who don't, you know, consider themselves to be alcoholics, even people who consider themselves to be normal, average consumers of alcohol will report having a hard time completely, you know, not drinking or completely abstaining from alcohol, even if they consciously want to. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So it is interesting, given the right context, and context is key, is vital in the conversation we're having today. It's very interesting that given the right context, three words, one little quick talk about my own personal experience happen to have the effect of helping people to do something that, you know, is not easy for a lot of people to do. And it was easy. Right. Yeah. And the, and you know, the other two people, I'm not going to name them. Um, but the other two people reported, they just stopped thinking that the, any desire for alcohol just went away. Yeah. Right. And without yeah, realizing it, weeks had gone by and they'd had no alcohol no interest. Yeah. And that was the thing that floored me the most. You know, for me, it was a habit, right? Like it was a habit for me to, at while I was making dinner, to pour myself a glass of wine. And um, I didn't need it. I didn't necessarily want it, but I, but I would just do it out of habit. And when I would try to not do it, it was like I would be thinking about it, right? I'd be like purposely not doing it. You know what I mean? Like purposely not pouring myself something or like being very aware of the fact that I wasn't. And that's the thing that stood out the most was that week, I didn't even think about it. Like I was just like, I would literally see the stuff that I'd bought myself in the fridge. And it wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. I just wasn't interested. Yeah. And so yeah. for me, that was like a big aha moment because I was like, what is it about this suggestion that gave me this profound kind of like disinterest in having any kind of alcohol? Because yeah. that had never happened to me before. Like it was just like, I didn't care. Yeah. Okay. So I think the listeners get what happened, right? <laughs> yeah. So, But I want it to be clear because then we can break down why yeah. this happened. And then people can take those lessons and use it for themselves and for their coaching clients, right? But yeah. so what happened was 
we're in a training program. I'm running the training program. Alana is one of the students among other students. Early in the program, I, you know, and for anybody who's been at any of my live training events, you know, I tell stories and talk about my personal experiences a lot because I like to share, I guess. I don't know, whatever. Anyways, um, so I was just talking about my, you know, what, what was going on in my life at that time, which was choosing to abstain from alcohol for a while. And I, you know, said, amongst other things, I said alcohol is poison, which is, I believe, technically true. Yeah. And yeah, and then Alana and a couple other people just in that moment, without I think realizing it until later on, lost the desire to drink. Okay. Lost the desire, which is really cool because it's not like anybody was twisting their arm or they were, you know, in this position later on where it's like, oh, I don't want to drink, but here it is and there's temptation. It's just like literally there was no longer any interest yeah. in drinking, which is for somebody who, previously had a conscious or unconscious goal to abstain from alcohol is like a best case scenario. So if in the remainder of this episode, we can answer why and how that happened. Um, can you imagine the implications for, you know, you, the listener or your clients, if you're a coach that's listening. And here's the thing. It's very closely related to conversational hypnosis. Not that I was intentionally by any means uh, trying to persuade anybody to do anything. I, I wasn't. I was just telling a story about myself. Um, but sometimes conversational hypnosis happens without intent, happens unintentionally. Yeah. Alana Banks, you, you had broken it down into a couple of elements that you thought were important. Yeah. So I broke it down to the fact that I set an intention um, that I wanted to cut back, not necessarily stop, but like, I knew that it was like a habit that I didn't want in my life. So there was that awareness piece and that intention. There was rapport because I already knew you prior to taking this training. Um, Like I had taken hypnotherapy training with you. So like we already had developed rapport. And then it was the three simple words, which I'm breaking down into like the power of suggestion which was alcohol is poison. Yeah. So those three elements I think are required to have the impact that it had on me. Yeah. Right? Because I've probably heard alcohol is poison. I know, in fact, I've heard that before. Oh yeah, of course. We've all heard it. Um, And so why was it that those three words from you in that context at that time had that impact? I think it's because there was the intention, the rapport, and the suggestion. The intention, yes. The rapport was there. The words, the timing, the context. Yeah. Um, I think also with regard to, you know, if I'm going to put my hypnotherapist hat on, other things that were working in your favor for you to make that change and make it instantly and easily were that week you had made the choice to immerse yourself in a setting conducive to self-improvement. That's true. You were learning, yeah. you were learning NLP. So your, your mind, your neurology was already in a state that was open to learning, open to change, curious, excited, yeah. Um, you know, inquisitive, mm-hmm. all of these different, you know, sort of sides of the die that lend themselves to making an important 
change, right? You were in, basically you were in the right mood. Yeah, okay? I was in the right mood. And yeah. the environment, I would say, was a key piece too, right? The environment. Like, I had no other distractions. Like my family was gone. So it yeah. was me in my house, immersed in personal development. And so I didn't have that pull. Like it wasn't like I had anybody at home to be like, oh, here's a glass of wine. You know yeah. what I mean? Or like to share in it together. It was more of just like, it was just me. So there yes. was no influence, I guess is what, like outside okay. influence or distraction. Yeah. And I was so yeah. busy doing the course, I couldn't even go out. And I think it was actually, was it during COVID? No. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. It was. It, it was. was. So it wasn't even like I could go out and meet up with a friend either. Because yeah. like, I was home by myself, so I could have um, yeah. gone out and met up with somebody, but like I couldn't even do that because we were locked down. And the other element that I think is worth bearing is the technical term from the world of hypnosis, which is prestige. And I don't mean this in the dictionary definition. I mean this in the hypnotherapy jargon definition, prestige which means in that moment, in that context, the people in that class that were listening to me, I was deeply in the archetype of teacher mm. and they were deeply in the archetype of student. Therefore, subconsciously, um, prestige existed, meaning, and all that means in a, in a hypnosis context, even if it's um, conversational hypnosis, is that the student's unconscious mind sees the teacher as an authority what they say i don't need to double check it i don't need to second guess it it's probably accurate and i can trust it right yeah. that's what prestige means and it exists between doctors and patients it exists between you know teachers and students it exists between drill sergeants and foot soldiers and it exists between you know hypnotists and their clients ideally right yeah that was in play as well yeah 100 percent. yeah you know, how do we apply this to our own businesses if you're not a hypnotherapist? Yeah. Um, and how do we apply it to serving our clients if you're, you know, if you're a coach, which probably you are, if you're yeah. listening to them or you're interested. Um, so let's just look at these. I mean, we've given everybody a lot already. If you take just the the anecdote, the story, and, you know, you use a little common sense and extrapolate what you will from what we've already said, you'll get massive value in applying this. But what we can do just to take it one step further is just break down these five or six elements a little bit more, unpack them a little bit more okay, and maybe move them into a different hypothetical context. So people can have the benefit of learning from example. Right. Yeah. Um, so what were, so mine, you had, I think you had three and I had three. So mine were prestige context, or maybe I had two and you had three, I said prestige and context. And you said intent, intent, rapport, um, rapport, and suggestion, suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. And timing and environment, like also the environment environment, which is, which is context. Okay. Let's do that. Yeah. yeah okay. Let's touch on each because the coaching slash subconscious mind definition may be slightly different than the common definition for each yeah. of these elements. Yeah, totally. Cool. Well, okay. so let's talk, let's start with intention. We all know intention yeah. means like you've created 
uh, you've decided, you've decided something in your mind that you want to do, yeah. whether it be quit something or start something or, you know, let go of something or whatever. So like that needs to be there first, because I think the desire to do the thing, whatever it is, um, needs to be there first, because if you don't have that, it's not, I don't think it's going to change. Had I, I don't think I would have had the same result had I not had that intention. Yeah. Which is probably why there were three other people from that course who continued to drink. Yeah, because that it was not on their radar as something that they wanted as an outcome. And that actually is another important sidebar. Doesn't matter how good of a hypnotist or coach you are, if somebody doesn't want to do something, you're not going to make them do or not do whatever that thing is, right? So somebody's yeah. happy having their glass of wine at the end of the day. Doesn't matter how much I say alcohol is poison, it's not going to change their their behavior, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I really like uh, your point. Intent is important because. I mean, it, it, it points to, you had a goal in mind, yeah. which, which is an example, which is an example of positive thinking. You knew what you wanted. Mm -hmm. Therefore your subconscious mind was on the lookout for information, events, data, people, words, or triggers that would move you in the direction of that goal. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, just so that listeners know, it's not that you spent like 45 minutes talking about the fact that you were on this hiatus and that alcohol is poison. It was literally probably like a two minute sidebar. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And so my RAS reticular activating system. Yeah. Yeah. Was, was already on the hunt for that. And as soon as you said that it was like, there it is. Right. Like, yeah. What did he just say? Because I remember asking, what is the name of that book? Mm. You know, so it was like, it was very in a passing kind of way. Yeah. Too. But I picked up on that because I had already created that intention in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's actually the book. Mentioning the book is another like, subtle hip, conversationally hypnotic uh technique which again it wasn't a technique because i was just literally telling a story that was true and mentioned a book for real but it, it's um appealing to an external authority it's sort of like using the expression everybody knows dot 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 right if i tell a story and then i say and you know and i and there's this book where the author explains this and this right i'm appealing to an external authority which actually unconsciously attaches more credibility um, to what I'm saying. So that's another interesting element yeah. that would have been play at the moment. Um, okay. So we broke down what, why it's important to set an intent. Yeah. Um, we had the little sidebar there of appealing to an external authority. And then what was next? Next one uh, is rapport. Rapport. Yeah. Rapport. So rapport is important. Rapport is important. As a coach or as a hypnotist or as an influencer or a persuader or a salesperson or whatever it is you do with your communication, the higher rapport, the better rapport you have with the person, the less work you need to do. Yeah. Okay. When you're a coach, if you have massive rapport with your clients, you can get away with very little um, technique and very little, you know, in-depth subconscious mind work because your clients are just going to do what you say. If you have maximum rapport with a client, 
and you say, don't do this or do do that, they're going to just do it. And let me give you a silly example. If God comes down from heaven, okay, and you're a highly religious person who's really into God um, and tells you to do something, you're going to do it. No question about it. Because who? Because maximum rapport, a thousand out of 10 rapport, right? Now, it may not apply to somebody who's not of the persuasion that there is a God and there to be respected, whatever, you know? Um, silly example, it'll help you remember. By no means am I relating myself to God, but in this example with Alana, we had strong rapport, right? Um, she had been to my previous trainings. We had spoken several times. You know, we, we got along. Um, she trusted me. She had paid money to come in and train with me, et cetera, et cetera. There was a strong trust, a strong rapport, strong mutual respect, right? So that means she's not going to um, reject what I say. She's not going to be overly critical. And if I do make a passing remark, like alcohol is poison, as a person might, were there less mm -hmm. rapport. So the lesson for coaches, or if you're a hypnotist, is whatever effort you make or whatever energy you expend to build rapport up front will return to you, you know, exponentially in the results of your clients and in the ease of operating your sessions and operating your business overall. Yeah. Boom. Agree. And and I think the key here is, and this is, and if we've spoken to, about this before, but it's just really about being real, right? Like when, if you want to build rapport with your clients, it's really about being you and not putting on this like facade coach kind of exterior. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like we're human. And just because I'm a coach doesn't mean I'm better than anybody or, you know, doesn't make Ryan better than anybody. Um, we just have like training and knowledge and like a passion for personal development. But when you're real with a client for a second and, you know, you don't want to be dropping too much personal stuff, but that creates that trust because then the client is like, oh, you're just like me, right? Like yeah. you're, you know, you're human, like you get it. And so I think it's just something good to remember because sometimes when you're starting out, you think you have to be formal or like you think you have to have this like prestige, which you do, but you can have that by being you too, right? And just being normal, like a normal human being. Exactly. Be a normal human being, everyone. <laughs> Is anyway. that a new quote? <laughs> Is that no, we can't make that. We can't make that a quote. People will object to the use of uh, normal. Oh, you're right, being. right, right, right. Yeah, because uh, we're all normal. We Everybody's are. normal. We're all normal. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Rightfully, they would rightfully object. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyways. Next one. What, is... what were we talking about? Alcohol. The yeah. best bars to go to. No, 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 no. How to? Yeah. Okay. How to influence Our positively? Yeah. Yeah. Fun alcohol fact. I don't like alcohol with food. I don't like alcohol with food. I prefer if I'm eating food, like if I go out for dinner, I prefer not to have like wine or beer with my food. I prefer to have like dun 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 diet Coke. Coke. Yeah. <laughs> which I know is a trigger for a lot of people. Aspartame, Ryan, no, et cetera, et cetera. But I do it. I drink it. Um, I prefer to have that. I prefer my and again, I'm not 
a big drinker, as I mentioned, both Atlanta, as we mentioned in this episode, both Atlanta and I at different times in our lives have taken total breaks from alcohol, but I'm a light drinker slash a social drinker. I would say these days, Yeah. Um, but not with food. I, I just don't like it. And the, only in the rarest occasions will I have an alcoholic drink with food. I prefer my alcohol before or after. Interesting. Yeah. So totally unrelated to what we're yeah. talking about. Not important information. But this is an example of one of those little stories, everybody, that I told during that training two years ago. So yeah. maybe now people will hear this and stop drinking at the same time they eat. Maybe they'll be like, yeah, right. That's a good point. I prefer Diet Coke with my, you know, baked potato. And I'm not going <laughs> to let anybody tell me otherwise. Yeah. Empowerment. That's what this show's about. It is. Well, I mean, definitely, I'm just calling it right now. Someone is going to quit drinking after listening to this episode. Thousand percent. Yeah. Thousand percent. When you quit drinking, everybody, um, the 50% of you listening to this episode that will, based on my experience, uh, shoot me a message. Also, and write a review of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, while you're at it, write a review on Apple, Pod- on Apple Podcasts. Do you want yeah. to know what's so annoying about Apple Podcasts? Can we just like have a brief moment here? Of course. So when I look at the reviews that are coming in for the podcast, I have to look at it based on country. Oh. Isn't that ridiculous? So It won't like amalgamate them all into one list for you, even no. though it's our podcast. Yes. So it was showing that we had three comments or three reviews, and I could only see two. And I'm like... Where's this third review? Oh, and you have to like switch it to like to like Apple UK to find like the other review well, or whatever. There's a list of all of the countries, like every country in the world. <laughs> but I knew from our giveaway that Elijah Hypno yeah. submitted a review and I'm like, his review is not here. And I was like, I'm pretty sure he lives in Germany. Yeah, so I he's clicked in Germany. on Germany and sure enough, Elijah's... I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I don't know if I am, but anyway, his review showed up. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so it's not in the, in this big long list of 180 or however many countries, and there's 200 countries plus in the world, but I'm estimating Apple podcasts is maybe not in all of them, but so in that list, there's not like a little number in brackets showing you how many reviews came from each. If you want to read your reviews and you don't know what country they were from, you have to manually go through every country. Yes. Well, I mean, fortunately, I knew the one missing review was Elijah's and I yeah. knew he lived in Germany. So I was like, oh, I'll just click on Germany. But like if we get two more reviews from like different countries and I don't know who they came from, then like technically I need to like click through every single country. Son of a gun. That is inconvenient. It is. So. so- yeah, if you're from Zambia and you write us a review, please also send us a message on Instagram yeah. saying you wrote the review so we don't have to cycle through 200 countries until we get to the Z's. Yeah. If you're from Zimbabwe, Zambia, Venezuela, also yeah. down there in the letters. Yeah. Like send us an email or send us a message on Instagram just so we know. And I'm not tirelessly like all day <laughs> clicking. If you live in the nation of Vatican City, mm-hmm. let us know when you write a review. If you are the Pope and <laughs> you have an angry review about my earlier reference to God mm-hmm. uh, or a happy review about my earlier reference to God. Anyway, so back um, to uh, 
what we were Back talking to the about. Topic at hand. Context. So yeah, con- well yeah, we looked at intention. We looked at rapport. Rapport. Context. Context. Uh, very important. Yeah. And 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 you know the question with context, as I mentioned earlier, Alana and the other students in the class had chosen to put themselves in a course, in a position, in a timing where their mind was open to change, and they were there to learn. He, their mind was open, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, if you're looking to help a client, is the question is, is their mind understanding that they're in an environment, that they're in a position, that they're in a session, that they're in a whatever, where they're open to change, they're curious, they're open to um positive influence etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah and and a good way to do that too is also kind of like set up the stage with words that like words like powerful words like um you know you will expect to have a you know a, a transformation yeah today or something like that like it because it just like sets you up in that context for um for change yes so that's another yeah another good one and i think it's too it's like you kind of develop that rapport at the front end of your session and then you're like okay it's now it's like you almost like create that break of like okay now we're moving into the session yeah too so that that creates the context of like we're not just having our pre chit chat anymore we're getting into um transformation mode or whatever kind of like what we do with the podcast where we have like a little chit chat build that rapport and then we're like okay we're gonna record now and and then like things change a little bit right like the conversation isn't is a little bit more formal maybe than like if we weren't recording yeah right you're in podcast mode i'm in podcast mode alana stops swearing like a like a sailor um you know i take my sunglasses off (laughs) Uh, or whatever i don't know anyways okay how many elements we got left we're going over Uh, on time yeah we got to get moving here um just bang them out we did context uh then it was the suggestion right the suggestive words or the the three simple words is what i have written down but just that power of suggestion so um, yeah so here's here's the takeaway saying alcohol is poison is very different than saying you should not drink Right. People will often resist direction, direct direction. Right. Nobody really wants to be told what to do, even if by their own coach. Right. Um, So if there's metaphorical communication or indirect communication that can nudge a person in the same direction, it can often um, be more powerful than just telling somebody what to do. Likewise, if you could ask a question or a series of questions that allows somebody to draw a powerful conclusion for themselves mm-hmm. rather than just telling them that's similarly going to be a more powerful suggestion for that person. That's what I've got for that one. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. What was the last? I think that was, um, that were, was all of mine. Did you have two? And oh, I said wait. context, which we, we really did address. Yeah. Um, and prestige. Which no, I, we address, I, I did we address prestige? I guess we did. Well, I explained it earlier pretty yeah. thoroughly when yeah. it first came up. Um, I think that's good. If people have questions, message us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, 
because it is a very powerful way of creating change in your client and not even in a coaching setting. Like you don't even need to be a coach to do something like this. Like you could use this with your kids. You could use this with friends. You could use this with family members. Yeah. Right. Oh, because oh, and the other, um, the other sort of meta element was story. The suggestion was embedded in a story that I was telling about myself. That's the right. story is just a whole topic for another episode. Yeah. But that was, that was part of the equation for That's sure. Right. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. Uh, you know, yeah, so I like mine for me now is like, I'm like, what was it then that me, like, if I quit for six months, what was it that suggested I should have a drink? I don't That's know. maybe a topic for another day too. Topic for another episode. <laughs> When and why to take up drinking again? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 that doesn't sound like a good. No. So, anyways, um, yeah, we got it. Yeah, we got there it. We go. That's there it. We go. Um, what do you have going on these days? Um, so let's see. I'm um doing doing a lot of fun reels on Instagram still. Mm, yeah. Real reels. Real keeping it real. Um, so check those out at Ryan Montes NLP. On Instagram, please follow me on Instagram if you don't yet. I've got um, very close, very close to the launch of my new program, which is called Hypno Business Builder, which is taking a person from you know not knowing how to hypnotize people um, to being a person who can not only hypnotize people but attract paying clients all online and running sessions online and having um, a very simple practice all online. So. Very, uh, very um, accessible program to get Amazing. people um, into that world coming out soon. And lots of other stuff. Those are those are kind of the highlights right now. Awesome. What have you got going on? By the way, everybody, look out for the No Excuses brand of um, alcoholic drinks coming out this uh, fall. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, we well, maybe. Like I don't want to rule it out. But anyways, uh, sorry, Elena. What do you got going on? Um, well, I mean, you can start looking for our merchandise soon because we do have some, some things in the works, um, for merchandising that we're just testing at the moment. So stay tuned for that. Um, but what do I have going on? I've got my next HypnoFlow class coming up on February 5th. So if you're listening to this, you'll, you'll probably still be able to get in because this is going out on Monday. Uh, if you're in the Toronto area. And then I'm just taking on clients in Life Amplifier and Embrace, my two signature programs. So you can find out about that at alanabanks.com. You can follow me at alanabankscoaching. Cool. All right. There we go. Party on. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone. And we'll talk to you next time.